Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Coo, 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 coo. That's going to be how the show starts. That's what I get it. <laughs> you got to say, you got to say, cool, 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 cool. That's, <laughs> you ever watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yes. Okay, I was going to say, that's that's what that comes from. That's, that's funny. I know, funny. I know where that came from. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are back on another Whisk Golf Fanatics Wednesday. Got a lot of basketball to talk about, but before we start talking about basketball, uh, Jake and I are very excited. We are going to be welcoming another Wisconsin Badger to the show next Wednesday. We're going to have Ricardo Holman on with us next Wednesday, mm-hmm. so we're excited for that. Um, so be sure to tune in for that. That'll be our that'll be our third Badger on in like the last four weeks. If you know, man, who's going to be a badger? Or he actually, I think he should be now because technically he started on January first. So there's a there's an Instagram out there, and it's called Roll Badgers, and I'm starting to think that we should be Roll Badgers because we're just rolling these babies in. <laughs> we're just rolling them into the show. Come on. Let's <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we can get CJ Getz to hook us up with some more Badgers players. Shit, man, we might get Ricardo now. <laughs> we're gonna yeah, have two yeah, voices. Yeah, in that Ricardo can hook us up too. That'd be sweet. Um, so yeah, that's that's coming up. That'll be next Wednesday. So we're very excited for that. Uh, we're gonna start with Bucks basketball today, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go with um, what's up, Simon? Let's go with, with Bucks power pair and underrated performer. Uh, I don't think we can like understate how dominant Giannis Antetokounmpo was last night. Oh, uh, it's also not shocking that we both have. Um, Giannis in our power pairs because 43, 45, and 55 in his last three games. Uh, I'm going to pull it up here just a sec. Okay. So Giannis now up to 22 double-doubles. He is – this is two crazy stats that I had to have here for this. Mm Mm-hmm. He is just the third player since the ABA-NBA merger in 1976-77 season to record three straight games of 40-plus points and 10-plus rebounds. Russell Westbrook and Moses Malone are the only other two that have done it. Neither of them did it four times in a row. So if Giannis has 40 and 10 tonight, he'll be the first player ever to have four straight games of 40 and 10. Or I should say since the merger. He will have a good chance. Probably did it. Yeah. He will have a very good chance tonight. He will, because the Bucks are going to be a little shorthanded tonight, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about when we talk about what's next. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's very, very interesting. Then, next, Giannis is also the third player to have 140 points, 50 rebounds, and 15 assists in three-game span. That's nuts. <laughs> the only other two that have done that are Wilt Chamberlain and Elgin Baylor. My God, <laughs> if you know an Elgin Baylor gets kind of looked over at an all-time greats, but if you're in a stat with Wilt Chamberlain, you did some shit. Just gonna say I, that. I mean, if you look at it, like obviously Russell Westbrook is still an active player, but like you look at the other three players that 
his name is being said in the same breath as having done the same things as Moses mm-hmm. Malone, Wilt Chamberlain, and Elgin Baylor. Yeah. Like, that's – I feel I feel like Elgin Baylor is kind of like the NBA version of, like, Joe Namath. Where, like, yeah. people don't talk about him a lot, but then, like, once you hear the name, you're like, oh, wow, that guy's an all-time great. Yeah. Like, he, he – yeah, I would agree with that. I got nothing else to add. That was very well said. That was great. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's the – oh, this is also – same two guys, actually. Elgin Baylor and Wilt Chamberlain are the only other players uh, to have back-to-back 40-20-5 and five games as well. And you know the craziest thing about the assists? I feel like he left like 10 to 12 on the on the court. Oh, easily. Yeah. With open opportunities. I mean, you look at some of these games, like some of them easily could have been triple-doubles. Mm-hmm. Um, this is side note, but I just received our four tickets for Sunday. So just wanted to give you the good news nice. live. So Yes. Yeah, we will be there for that. So if Matt, go. if you're watching, Matt was talking to us about it. He was there last week. So we're going to be here this week. Yeah. Just received them right now. So let's go. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Who else do we got for power pair? I know we had the same two guys. So uh, before we, we move on real quick, Giannis had a, a, a weekly average. He played three games of 47.6, 17.3 and 6.3 assists on 54% shooting. He also averaged 1.3 steals. Yeah, this is this is not a video game. This is oh. a real human. And he ended up plus 24 for the week. So that was great. Um, in the last 50 years, this is the last 50 years. This is a long time back. There's only been three players that averaged 45 and 15 over a three-game span. Bob McAdoo in 1974-75. Moses Malone in 81-82, and now enter Giannis Adetokounmpo in 22-23. And I was going to make the stupid joke that Giannis is averaging 55 points per game in 2023 since he's only played one game. (laughs) Um, But the other person we had is another player that's playing great for us. He averaged a double-double on the week. He averaged 19.5 points, 12 rebounds, 2 assists, shot 45% from the field, and the three-point line. Average a steal. He was plus 16. That is, of course, Bobby Portis. Uh, don't let his don't let his impact go unnoticed, people. I know that you're seeing the Bucks lose some games that they shouldn't lose. And yeah, there's 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 a lot of stuff going on for the Bucks, and we need to remain patient. And Tyler's gonna touch on that more in a little bit here. But um just just appreciate what we have in front of us, you know, with Giannis and Bobby and and Brooke, you know, Brooke, yeah. Brooke slapping shots away left and right still. So let's not let that go away. I know that it was exciting in the beginning of the year. Still should be exciting now because he's still doing it. So we are approaching the halfway point of the season. We aren't quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Brooke Lopez has 96 blocks on the season. That is nuts, bro. We, like, assuming assuming he plays the same number of games in the second half as he played in the first half, Brooke Lopez is going to finish with over 200 blocks on the season. Man, and that's without like full defensive help too. That's that's insane. He blocked six shots last night. I know, dude. That's why I brought that up about the blocks because I don't see yeah. anybody giving them love for it anymore. It's like you still need to give love to 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 Brooke and Bobby yep. and all the players still contributing, you know. And Giannis overshadows them all, which is why he's. I the got, mayor I of got a couple things for Bobby. So Bobby Portis played in four games in the last week mm-hmm. and double doubles in all four. Yes, that is that's outstanding. Uh, the double double leaderboards look it's like one, two, and then it's Giannis with twenty two double doubles. 
and then it's Bobby Portis with 22 double-doubles. Yeah, if you look at uh, duos with the combined double-doubles for the season, yep. Giannis and, and Bobby are on top of the NBA leaderboard. For Way most out ahead. They have like, oh, yeah. I think they have like nine more than the next duo. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Jokic and Aaron Gordon. I think it was 44 for those two, and then it was Aaron Gordon and Jokic had 35. If I'm nope, not mistaken. It's it's uh Trey Young and Clint Capella have 35. Ah, yeah. Nicola and Aaron have 32. They're tied with uh Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox with 32. Okay. So don't I worry, close. I wouldn't I wouldn't remember Trey Young either because I hate him, so I put him in the back of my mind. <laughs> yeah, he's a complete liability on one end of the floor. Um James said, not going to lie, I've never put one, been one to put much into double and triple doubles, although they are impressive. It's James, it's it's a little less impressive when guys like Luca that play like 38 minutes a game do it. But for a guy like Bobby Portis, who plays like 27 minutes a game, it's it's a little more impressive. And it's it's something that he makes an effort to do. It's not like um you know, situations where like when Russell Westbrook was on the thunder and like Steven Adams would box people out so that Russell Westbrook could grab rebounds on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little bit different, but you know, Bobby Portis, like it's, it's impressive because he's, he does a lot of offensive rebounding too. Like he's actually yeah. one of the best offensive rebounders in the NBA, which that stuff makes a difference. Um, so stuff like that, it's, it, it kind of depends on how you're doing it to me as well, not just the fact that you are doing it. Well, see, that's the that's the context of the situation, correct? So when right. you look at Bobby, I believe last night he had a double-double in, in 22 minutes. He just kept adding points after that. But I believe it was 22 minutes he already had a double-double. That's not even half the game. So if you're going to tell me that that isn't, that isn't impressive, well, then I'm going to tell you you're a liar. Because that is. Because you have a guy that is scoring at an efficient rate, most nights, you know, um, most nights, Bobby and Giannis score at efficient, efficient rates. Yep. And you have the guys that are helping you control the rebounding. And you're going to yep. tell me that rebounding isn't important? It is. It's hella, hella important. Are, like under the Budenholzer era, they've been consistently one of the like top five rebounding teams in the NBA. I agree. Um, I mean, the numbers will back it up for you too. Um, so for an underrated performer, a guy that I wanted to throw out there, a guy who's not going to get talked about a ton, but just wanted to give him a little love, um, is AJ Green. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> uh, he scored ten points in the first Washington game, um, and he gave the Bucks a little bit of a spark against the Timberwolves on Friday night. And if I'm being honest with you, I think he's already passed up Jordan Wara on the depth chart. Yeah, it looks that way. Either that or there's something going on with Nawara. I mean, they're probably shipping him out, in my opinion. Right. I think he's at his ceiling, and I think they know that. Um, yeah. yeah, James did say they are impressive. No, he's I like, agree. He just, he just doesn't put a lot of stock into him, I think is what he was he was getting at. Yeah, but they um, still they still have an effect on the team and the game. And right. They show Brad, energy levels. If are involved with a triple-double, it's a team effort. And that's for sure. Like, It's, it's kind of cliche that like when mm-hmm. you ask a, a – professional athlete about themselves like they're gonna be like oh, i gotta give credit to my teammates like that it's it's a genuine thing when they're talking about like triple doubles and they're and then bringing up assists like it does take you know your teammates to finish off the plays for you to get those assists so that definitely counts um I agree. is there anything else you wanted to say about Giannis, bobby and aj green before we start talking about games Giannis is good that's all i got <laughs> yeah all right, let's start with the first game. The Bucks and the Bulls. Uh, the Bucks got down early, 16-9. to They went on an 11-0 run. 
Um, George Hill gave the Bucks a little bit of a boost on both ends of the floor. He hadn't played like the last four or five games, so he was well rested and gave the Bucks a boost. Um, what did you What did you see from this game? I know there's a lot of stuff to talk about. Like there's the game to talk about itself and some extracurricular stuff. But what do you, let's talk about the game first, and then we'll talk about yeah. The so in terms of the game. I mean, I thought the Bucks were playing as good as they could. Obviously, Giannis was putting the team on his back like he did in a couple other games yeah. this week. But for them to uh, – and I don't want to get on Giannis too much because, like I said, he puts the team on his back. But the lack of execution towards the end of this ball game, it really hurt. But the thing that I'm going to point out is Grayson Allen – you know, I'm going to give him some some shit real quick here because if he would have shot just a tad better, made one or two of those open threes because he was getting wide open threes and he's just shooting bad right now. He's in a slump and it happens, right? But if Grayson Allen just finishes off one or two of those possessions, you know, middle, late of the fourth quarter, we're not even in a position where we have to inbounds the ball and the ball can be stolen for a tie game. You know what I mean? So – that's the part of the game where it might get overlooked. Like they're going to show the highlight of, of Giannis throwing the ball in and it gets stolen and he almost chased the guy down. Right. But we're not going to show the four minutes before that where Grayson Allen had a couple wide open looks, one off of an offensive rebound, same spot, and he still misses. So that's the kind of stuff that really irks me. The thing that like really, really shocked me when I looked at the box score of this game, the box score portion, we shot 110 field goals, dude. That is insane. I mean, the game did go into overtime, I guess. But I know, but they shot 92. We shot 110, they shot 92, and we lost. I mean, like I said, that just shows execution. They were 9 of, tw- nine of 23 from 3. That's 39. That's almost 40%. That's respectable. We were 9 of 44. That's 20%. That can't happen. So, and I know a lot of this is going to come down to, well, if they had done this, this would have happened. But right. I wanted to, <clears throat> I wanted to say that basically like Giannis was amazing for 47 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's absolutely no denying that you can see when he plays, like all the plays that he made. I want to, we talk so often about how amazing Giannis is. Um, Brad brought up a good point with the 92 shots means we were hitting the boards. That's definitely, oh, we were. We had definitely a great point is getting the one and dones. Um, I want to just kind of like, not necessarily even play the devil's advocate. I just want to give another perspective. So we talk so often about how Giannis is great. He's great. He's the best in the league. He's the best two way player in the NBA, which I strongly believe to be the case, but He's still a human. Mm-hmm. Like Giannis isn't always going to make the exact correct play, the exact correct time. He's not going to make every shot. Like he struggled in the overtime period. He was trying to win the game kind of by himself a little bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, we talked like the, the last, what is it like the last 12 seconds, the last nine seconds, two turnovers. Like the, the thing that bothered me more about the first one where he was trying to inbound the ball that one, I saw people being like, well, he had to throw it in. It's like, no, he actually didn't. The Bucks had one timeout remaining, actually. Hmm. Um, so, like, that's just a, a situational awareness thing where it's like, I am I would basically guarantee you that Giannis watching this game back, watching the film with the assistant coaches and stuff, that they'll point that out to him. Like, hey, you're going into a situation where there's going to be tons of overplay on the inbounds pass. Like, keep in the back of your mind that we have one timeout left if you need it. And that's like a learning experience. You know, like, 
you know, Giannis doesn't know everything there is to know about the game. It might seem like he does because he's so damn good at it, but <laughs> it just goes to show like the guy who's the best in the league, like can still grow and still improve. Scary. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out that he's, he's still human. Right. Um, aside from, from that, Giannis is the first player on the Bucks since 2013 to record 22 rebounds in a game. Do you know who the last one was that did it? Dwight Howard? On the Bucks, bud. Oh, shit. I was like, shit, since 2013. The last one? I got two guesses. I'm going to say Bogut. Nope. Ooh, not Bogut? Man, I felt good about that one. I'm going to say I'm just going to throw a random flyer out there, and you tell me, because he was pretty good rebounder. I'll say Drew Gooden. Oh, no, Did I get it. Good. Oh. You, you started to say the sound, and I was like, Oh, is he gonna guess it? It's John Henson. Damn it. Why didn't I think of John Henson? When I think of John Henson, I just think of that left. He said he was actually a pretty good rebounder. I'm like, Oh, he's gonna get it right. No. He was, he was a pretty good rebounder, actually. He was a pretty good shot blocker. He'd yeah. be good, you'd be a good backup center option on this team, which is kind of sad because we, we we could use one of those, dude. Just come in, run, run your ass off, and block a couple shots. Cool, grab a couple rebounds. Yeah, trying not to get pushed around too hard. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say Dan God's reach to be funny, but I was like, yeah, I don't want to look. Like I an idiot. thought you were gonna go there, but <laughs> no. Okay, so the other thing we had to talk about, just because it's been, it's really annoying, but seeing the way, like, it's okay, so the Grayson Allen thing happens, where mm-hmm. Grayson Allen gets pushed by Patrick Williams, he kind of sells it a little bit, and then he bumps into Demar Derozan. And the if I had a dollar for the number of people that I saw say that he put a forearm into DeRozan's neck, like I'd, I'd be quitting my job and doing this show full time. It was so insane to me that people still judge Grayson Allen on the acts of his past more than looking at one single event objectively. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's. I don't want to go as far as to say it's dangerous, but I'll say that it's at least a little bit ignorant to not be able to look at things, you know, as a single incident, as opposed to being like, Nope, that's what he's done this few times. So that's automatically what he's doing in the future. That's yeah. That didn't sit right with me. And then for, for the people in the Chicago broadcast booth to be saying that people need to result to, a fist fight with Grace and Allen because they believed it was a dirty play that sat even less. Okay. With me. Yep. Me too. You are in a position where you have thousands and thousands of people watching this game, listening to you talk potentially millions. Cause Chicago is a big city. And you are telling people that the answer to what they perceive as a problem is to start throwing punches. And then you wonder why the crime rates are they what they are. What the fuck is that? Like that's that's seriously like some of the worst commentating I have ever heard. To be saying that the answer to your problem is to start a fist fight. Yeah. Those people get paid to talk about the Bulls basketball team. There are kids watching that. That's exactly where I was going next. And now you're telling kids, like, you were in a position of potential influence. Mm-hmm. And now you're telling people to start fistfights if you think there's a problem. Without even, like, 
getting all the information, right? Because DeMar... Which is what DeRozan didn't do, but yes, continue. Right. So that's the angle I'm going to go with, right? Go. So DeMar gets pushed, and he falls to the ground. And I'm going to say, in terms of, like, NBA basketball, I've watched a lot of fucking basketball in my life. And I'm sure James will agree with this, even though we don't like each other's teams. I've seen way more physical hits than that. Oh, DeRozan definitely sold it, too. Like, Grayson Allen sold the contact that Patrick Williams pushed him, which he did. But, like, DeRozan sold when Grayson Allen came into him, too. 100%. And, you know, when you said bumped, I was going to say heavy on the bumped because he barely touched him. And I I agree with you that Grayson was probably selling it, too. But Patrick Williams is a pretty big guy. Right. And he two-hand pushed Grayson Allen. So – to sit here and say that Grayson maybe didn't sell it, I'm not going to say that because we don't know, and I think that he did as well. But right. for him to bump into DeRozan and DeRozan to just get up because he sees his Grayson Allen, he's knows he's going to get a reaction out of the crowd. So yeah. really, in a way, he's kind of trying to get the crowd into it to pump his team up. So I get that. But, you know, if that is what he was doing, I was trying to put a positive spin on it. But for him to just get up and be like, oh, you want to you fucking go? Like, shut the fuck up, dude. And then – the announcers, man, I could not believe because I, I had to stream off my app, right? Um, and I'm listening to the I, I had to watch the Chicago one. I always have to watch the home team. So if the Bucks are on the road, I have to listen to the, the home team. So I'm listening to them, and he's just like, Yeah, he won't be doing all that if you if you give him that two-piece. I'm thinking, like, bro, there, there's literally like like 11 year old kids watching this shit right now, and they're hearing you say, If you feel like you were wronged, you gotta get into a fight. That is absolutely not what you fucking teach a kid. My stepson talks all the time. You know, when he's playing in the game, he gets pushed to the ground. He's like, oh, I want to go fight him. I'm like, no, it's not how we handle shit. You let your game do the talking, Mm -hmm. man. You you don't have to go up there and punch him in the face because that's not going to get you anything. That's just going to get you in trouble is all it's going to do. So, yeah, dude, when I heard that, I was just like, no fucking way they're talking about this. And they're on NBC, which is pretty big network so nbc chicago probably gets a lot of viewers so for them to talk like that i was just like and you know if people in chicago are hearing this they're gonna think we're soft oh you're from wisconsin so you're soft Uh, no we're just logical we just don't walk up to people and punch them in the fucking mouth for no reason yeah over a basketball game i'll say yeah we're advocating for better solving of problems you know like the thing like grayson like Grayson didn't go and get into Mar DeRozan's face. Even when Grayson was actually getting pushed into DeRozan, he didn't like fully extend. As soon as he bumped into DeRozan, he stopped. Like yeah. you can see, he just like stops exactly where he is. Mm-hmm. And like it happened to me. Like I commented on it from the Wisco Fanatics Twitter page, and people were like, "Oh, you're from Wisconsin. You're biased." Or, "Oh, you're from this. So you're whatever." Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I'm choosing to look at this objectively. Like Grayson Allen had an incident against Wisconsin that seemed like a dirty play. Like. Like, I've been in your shoes, literally. Like, mm-hmm. he's on my team now, so, like, you know, it is what it is. But being – that's that's going back to it. Like, you can look at things objectively as single incidents. Mm-hmm. People are, like, sharing, like, the, oh, this is all the Grayson's dirty plays. And it's like, I don't even think half of those were. And you know um, what? He's got some, but people are still bringing up all of his college stuff. And it's like, bro, that was six years ago. Bro, a lot has changed in six years. Yeah. And I'm going to answer James' question real quick. James, the announcer, one of the announcers, his name was Stacy, because I heard the other one talking Stacey to him. King, yep. He said, he literally word for word said, he won't be doing all that if you give him a two-piece, 
which is definitely talking about a bam bam, a two pronouns. Yeah, so I a hundred percent do not un- agree with what he said. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And th- people got to get over that shit. And I had I had a person tell me, a Bulls fan, tell me, "Oh, you're only sticking up for him because he's on your team." I responded to him and I said, "Dude, this is literally his second year on the team. Yeah. I literally did not hate him when he was on the Grizzlies." I didn't I care. Was on the Jazz either. Like, yeah, like I didn't care. Like, it is what it is. I mean, if if we get into a scuffle, I think you know emotions are high. You know, it's starting to get intense, starting to get a little chippy. That doesn't mean that it's Grace and Allen's fault that things are getting chippy. Right. The Bulls and Bucks hate each other. Chicago and Wisconsin do not get along. Right. We whooped your ass for how many years? Don't you think the Bulls players are a little bit amped up to try to beat us? Yeah. This is their first time beating us in back-to-back games since 2017. That's a long fucking time to get your ass whooped consistently. So the Bulls want to change that narrative, so they're a little bit amped up. So you're going to tell me that they're not giving a little extra pushes, they're not getting a little extra shoves? Grayson Allen's going to take that. But they're only going to look at at the Grayson Allen portion of it, right? They're not going Mm -hmm. to look at their players pushing, which they should. Like I said, tensions can be a little bit higher in the game. So Grayson's feeding off that as well, and – I love that you brought up the point that he stopped immediately after he made his little contact. And I mean, little contact. He, dude, if he wanted to, he really could have ran him over. Right. And you know, the funniest part is like big bad Chicago, right? Oh, we're from Chicago. We're from Chicago. You guys are getting punked by a 6'4 skinny white kid. (laughs) For real. Like, come on. It's the other couple things that I have that I'm thinking about with this too is. Like, Grayson Allen doesn't immediately, like, go and get in Patrick Williams' face when he got pushed. He doesn't run up to to Mar DeRozan as soon as he's pissed. Like, he's literally trying to tell him. He's like, I got pushed into you. Your teammate pushed me into you. Mm -hmm. So, like, Grayson's not, you know, he wasn't running up trying to get in a fight with DeRozan, who was clearly, like, only could think that the only possible outcome was that Grayson Allen came and purposely tried to run him over and push him to the ground. So, um... Just, like, watch a replay. They're going to show it on the Jumbotron. Just look up for 10 seconds. Right. Um, Stupid. I don't remember if there's anything else I was going to say. Oh, like, as far as, like, the Homer thing goes, like, just rewind back five minutes where I just said that Giannis isn't perfect. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not even going to get into the Homer conversation. I mean, I think think we've done a pretty good job of – trying to be objective when it comes to our teams. Mm-hmm. Um, like we get, like we have some home team bias, obviously, because we prefer our teams to win and stuff like that. And right. we prefer to look at the ways that they can and will. But right. I mean, we didn't pick the Packers to go 17 and all. We didn't pick the Bucks to go 82 and all, or the Brewers to go 162 and all. Like it's, you know, we're trying to be different than other sports shows that you could potentially watch. And, you know, people, we walk a really fine line because we do keep things a little bit more positive, a little bit more upbeat. And like you said, we look for ways that our teams can win. But the whole the whole Homer argument, to me, that's when people run out of shit. It's just like when they correct your your English or they, mm-hmm. you know, or they, they start name calling. I think the next tier under that is when people just call you a Homer because they have no way to dispute what you're saying. So, right. That's what yeah, I think. The only possible is. explanation could be that you're Homer. 
Yeah, yep. James said it's one of those things we all have athletes need to work on. When someone runs into us or follows us aggressively, we all think through narrow glasses and think it was intentional and dirty. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, like Jake said, like tensions are high, stuff like mm-hmm. that. Obviously, there's been stuff with Grayson Allen in the past, and you know, people can still think that he injured Caruso on purpose, which I don't like. I don't know how you are in that situation and think he did that on purpose. Um, yeah. And then obviously Grayson Allen had a really good playoff series against the bulls. So yeah, that was just, that's, that's a sting. I won't lie. That would suck to live through. (laughs) (laughs) The guy you hate the most is just cashing threes on you. On your court. Lighten you up for 25 in like eight minutes. It is game day. It is game day. Yes. Back-to-back game days. Love those. Yeah. Oh, I like them because we get to watch them, but I don't like what it usually ends up meaning for the Bucks. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Let's talk about the Bucks and the Timberwolves. What did you see that stood out from that? Well, first of all, I want to point out something that Brad pointed out is rebounding, and holy crap, we hit the goddamn boards in this game. We rebounded them 68-36. to 36. Couldn't get one more rebound? I know, right? <laughs> I forgot to mention in the Bulls game, we went 22 of 32, which is 69%. So Nice. Um, yeah, 68 rebounds, 20 offensive rebounds. Oh. Had, we almost had as many offensive rebounds as they had rebounds, dude. That's disgusting. Oh. Um, they all the, we went 23 of 33 from the free throw line. So, again, not horrible. You can definitely win with that. 50 points in the paint to 58 for the Timberwolves. And – the thing that really stuck out to me that I'm like, uh, and I know this is your thing, this has been your niche, 25 assists to 21 turnovers. Yeah. yeah the thing with the turnovers is, thankfully, it only led to 18 points off of turnovers, which mm-hmm. isn't awful. But if you're under ideally around 15, that's a good place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, 15 second chance points given up to Minnesota. So, like, obviously, you don't want to be allowing those offensive rebounds either. Mm-hmm. And then the Bucks missed 10 free throws for a total of 43 fundamental failure points. So, not great. But the first half altogether wasn't great. Um, yeah. The Bucks are fast-paced on offense. And I'm going to – this is going to be something that really stands out to me. And I'm going to bring this up again when we – you know, I want to mention something the Bucks can improve on. They're fast-paced on offense. They need to be fast-paced on defense, too. <laughs> Yep. In transition specifically. Yep. I uh, We were talking last night. We're texting, you know, during the game like we always do. And, you know, I mentioned because we're watching both the Bucks and the Badgers, and I'm like, mm-hmm. what defense is better in half court? Because when the Bucks can – like, when the Bucks are fully healthy and you look at that defense, God, that has to be terrifying. You have to go through oh, Drew dude, When we talk about last night's game, I got some things I want to say about the Bucks. I I already know you do, (laughs) but when you look at him in in, in half court, like it's, it's insane. And then you've got the leading shot blocker behind you. You've got Giannis and and every one of his long limbs just coming at you from the weak side. You have, you know, when Chris Middleton is right, he's tough to get past on the dribble. Also Mm -hmm. his long arms in the passing lane dribbling. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Bucks defense in half court is tough, but then you look at the Badgers and you're like, damn, man. And, you know, me and you were talking, I'm like, bro, they're both elite. They're both fucking elite. So, you know, it, it, it's tough, honestly. I don't know who I would take. But in terms of uh, just this game, 
Giannis is just the fucking man. That's all I got for this game, for the rest of this game. Just Giannis is just the fucking man, dude. <laughs> so Bobby Portis came in and quickly started scoring. He had four points, like, as soon as he came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, scored 11 points in the first quarter. The Bucks had a really tough second quarter. A lot of shots were, like, halfway down and coming out. Only scored 17 points in the second quarter. That's that's rough. Bucks were 3 of 22 from 3 in the first half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were 11 of 17 in the second half. Yep. That'll do. So get to the third quarter starts. Bucks missed two shots and turned the ball over twice. That's how the third quarter starts after only going 17 points in the second quarter. And it's like, oh, shit, this one might get away from the Bucks. And then Pat Connaughton drives and scores. Giannis hits a three. Brooke hits a deep two. And then Giannis gets a dunk. And the Bucks go nuts. Uh, Joe Ingles comes in at like the six-minute mark while the Bucks are down five. And uh, this this stood out to me, aside from the game, um, <clears throat> is Joe Ingles <clears throat> was coaching Giannis after he had a turnover in transition. So one of the things, you know, we talk about uh, turnovers, a lot of them have been happening in transition. You know, you're trying to make a pass where you think a guy is going to go or just trying to make, you know, a flashy pass or trying to make a fast pass, whatever the case may be. And it just ends up, you know, sailing out of bounds or being too far ahead or the ball just gets kind of fumbled. Joe Ingles, after one of Giannis's turnovers, was kind of like, mm, you know, doing one of those things where you, like, look up and you're like, you know, you made a mistake or, like, looking down kind of thing. And Joe Ingles right away went up to Giannis and was coaching him up. And then the Bucks called a timeout right after that. And Joe Ingles, out of that timeout, is – talking and coaching up Bobby Portis and he's pointing stuff out to him on the floor. And it's like, that's an underrated aspect of what, what Joe Ingles is bringing to this team. We mm-hmm. didn't really talk about this a lot when we were talking about the, the addition of Joe Ingles. Like we knew he was going to be, you know, a three point shooter and a facilitator and an underrated defender, but he's 35 years old. Like he's bringing a lot of veteran experience and know how to the game. Like he's not overly athletic. Mm-hmm. He's not the, you know, he's not Kyrie Irving dribbling the ball. He's not Steph Curry shooting the ball. Like, he's a good three-point shooter, but, like, you know, he's not going to make every single shot he shoots. But he also knows how to play the game. Like, he said it himself. He's like, I don't have a six-pack, but I'll still score on you. He said, I'll whoop your ass is what he said. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, like, he's not going to blow you away with anything, but he does everything so well and knows how to play the game of basketball and is passing that on to guys like Giannis and Bobby. So that's the note to me from this game, watching that. Giannis does have a six-pack, so give him that that six-pack brain and he'll go crazy, bro. Giannis has all of the visible muscles. Like, it's still (laughs) just, like, looking at his shoulders is just insane. Yeah, dude, when he was going like this yesterday, I was like, man, that guy is fucking chiseled as a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, he is is the Greek freak. Yeah. Um, So the Bucs won the third quarter 39-22. to That was huge, obviously, the mm-hmm. turning point. Um, Javon Carter blocked a shot off the backboard in this game. Javon Nuts. Carter, like six Nuts. foot nothing, Javon Carter blocked a shot off the backboard. Yeah. Hey, he's in the NBA, bro. He's in the NBA. <laughs> that was nuts, dude. Like, he's the defensive bulldog. We know that, but mm-hmm. that was awesome to see him block a shot off mm-hmm. the backboard. Um, so I mentioned the Bucks were 11 of 17 on threes in the second half. They made um, 
five of eight in the third quarter and six of nine in the fourth quarter. That's <laughs> just insane three-point shooting. Yes. Um, so a couple things that I wanted to stick out or I wanted to say that stuck out. Um, first of all, second half scoring. The Bucks outscored the Timberwolves 73 to 53 in the second half. That'll that'll do. That'll do. And then looking at three players. I'm looking at Marjan Bochamp, Joe Ingles, and Grayson Allen. Now, first with Joe Ingles, he gave us a game that shows why to be patient with players that are injured. Mm-hmm. Um, he had 14 points and 10 assists, and we're still not even halfway done with the season. So give the injured guys some time, and also give the guys who are reconditioning after being injured time. Like Drew Holiday is a perfect example. He did not have a great game last night, but it was also his first game back after missing, what, three games, four games? Yeah. Yep. Three games. Three games because he didn't play in Chicago. Um, yeah, you're right. But I will say Joe Ingles, he ran the pick and roll very well, which is one of the things we brought him here to do. Mm-hmm. Next, Marjan Bochamp, we – like I see it almost daily, people complaining about him not getting enough playing time. And I'm going to bring it up when we talk about the first Wizards game again. But for me, one thing I wanted to highlight from this game that stood out to me for something that Marjan can improve on is defending without fouling. It seems like he, as soon as he comes in, he usually draws a quick foul or two. Um, He uses his hands defensively a little too much to to try to keep guys from getting by him. So he's got to work on that lateral quickness a little bit and just defend without using his hands to to grab and stuff because that's where he's starting to draw a lot of those fouls. So that's something I wanted to put out there. Yeah, I think once he once he gets a little better at his body positioning. Yeah, exactly. That, you, you know, you look at Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is always dude, always in the right spot. He's, he's insane. Like dude, watching I, him like go over screens <laughs> on defense. Yeah, like it's fun to watch. It really is. And uh, yeah, oh, it is. Uh, watching Drew Holiday on defense is literally an art, in my opinion. Mm. So. And I know that I went to the pinnacle and I went to the top. I don't care what James has to say. Drew Holiday is the best defending guard in the NBA. Um, he's really good at, at body positioning. So Marjan learning that on a daily basis is only going to be mean good things for him. Right. And he's longer. So once he gets that part of his game down, you know, the lateral quickness, like you said, and the body yep. positioning, he's going to be a terrific defender. And yep. once you're in the right position – that's when you can get a little handsy, in my opinion, because Drew Holiday yeah. gets a ton of steals, you know, just being in the right spot at the right time. I mean, we can go to the Badgers. You can look at Chucky Hepburn. Mm-hmm. Hepburn last night on that last play, he, he like, predicted where that guy was going to go. He put him in a tough spot. He beat him to that spot, and then that's how he got the steal. He was like, okay, you're going to go here. This is where the ball is going to be. Boom, give me that shit, right? So yeah, the positioning is where Marjan's got to work, but his athletic ability is going to allow him to turn into a – really really good two-way player for us absolutely so that's just one thing you know we're i'll i'll get into it when we talk about the next game um james said this is way off topic but i think wisconsin should somehow get an expansion mls team so they can rival with minnesota and chicago then i can also watch them lose to nashville <laughs> I, 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 I don't I think know they are i think they are getting one are they yeah i swear to god i, I think i saw that on I don't remember where I saw that, but I, I think don't like know. T- I don't pay attention to. Soccer. I mean, I don't care, but um, I think you know. I think in two years is what I saw. I think in two years they're going to have a MLS team. Oh. Hey, it just means more money for the city of Milwaukee, which is great. So right, 
Not that I'm going to watch them because <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I mean, lie. there is like the Milwaukee wave, but like I have no idea what level they play on. I watched the Milwaukee wave one time as a kid and a guy did like the craziest throw in of all time. Like he like, he like went he on the ball. Template. Yeah, dude. He like went on the ball and like flipped on his feet and threw it in like all the way to the goal. And I was like, I was like nine years old. I was like, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then after that, I didn't care about soccer. <laughs> yeah. Well, when nothing else happens after that. True. Just a lot um, of running around. Yeah. So the last thing, the last player I wanted to talk about with this game is Grayson Allen. And I know he's getting a lot of heat from the mm-hmm. Bucks fans mm-hmm. because he's had some rough shooting games. He's in a bit of a slump. He's still shooting 38% from three on this season. Yeah, that's crazy. He's on a massive slump too. Still yeah. 38%, which is very still respectable. 38%. Yeah. So the, the, the thing that I would suggest, and obviously I'm not the coach clearly <laughs> is like, just maybe give him a couple of lower minute games. I think, what might potentially be the case is that like maybe Grayson's feeling a lot of pressure to perform with Chris Middleton out. Um, I don't know this, so I'm purely speculating on this, but I mean, it's just a thought. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking maybe just a couple lower minute games um, to maybe kind of let him clear his head and realize like, Hey, you know, like I can get back into it and, and get back to doing what I do. So agreed. Um, is there anything else you want to say about the Timberwolves game? Nope. Uh, well, outside of that, it started a trend for Wisconsin this weekend, but everybody True. saw the post. We'll conclude that with the Badgers. <laughs> I have that written down from last night's game. Yes, sir. All right, let's talk about the first Wizards game. Uh, no Giannis, no Drew, no Chris, no George Hill. Um, the Bucks for some reason, always struggle with Daniel Gafford, but what stood out to you from this game? I don't really have much on this game, to be honest with you. Um, not a lot of notable stuff. The Wizards really controlled the pace of this game. They controlled this game, you know, pretty much it felt like the entire time. Um, the Wizards ended with 29 assists, which is a ton. Um, they had 18 turnovers still. The Bucks had 22 assists and 16 turnovers. So us being almost one of one is bad news for us. We uh-huh. shot 34 of 96, 35% from the field. So when you look at that, like, even if you didn't watch the game, and you just look at the box score. If you're one of those people, you just look at the box score and you see 34 and 96. And then you go to the other side and you see 50 of 94. You're like, this is an old fashioned ass whooping, right? Uh, <laughs> so, points in the paint is definitely part of that. Yeah. Uh, that was my next thing, actually. 26 points in the paint to 72 points in the paint. That's, that's uncalled for. I'll just say what it is. That is uncalled for. But I didn't put too much stock into it because of a lot of our players being out. It was kind of like, yeah, you know, and we talk about it, you know, even before the season started, we knew these type of games were going to happen. Right. We know that we're going to have games where all of them are out. Now, yep. we don't like that, you know, Drew and Chris were missing because of injury and illness, but it is what it is. It's going to happen. They're going to give those guys rest. There's going to be games where Bobby and, and, and Brooke probably don't play. And we're going to be pl- seeing a lot of Mamu. Mamu's going to play 35 minutes. And you know what? It might end up in an L. It happens. I mean, we got our ass whooped by the Wizards with nobody playing. The Celtics got their ass whooped by by the Thunder, and their best player wasn't playing last night. So it's the NBA, man. If you shoot well, you're going to win the game. The Wizards shot well. The Bucks did not shoot well. That's all I got. So to me, you know, you mentioned the paint points. To me, the paint defense for the Bucks took a hit without Giannis playing. Like, that's yeah. a factor. Yeah. Um, like, not to say that Bobby's a bad defender. He's not a plus defender. 
but he, you know, he plays, he plays with a lot of intensity and a lot of energy. So, you know, he's got that, but um, you know, he's not going to be out there blocking two and a half shots a game like Brooke is. And, you know, Brooke can only defend one person at a time, but you know, it is what it is. Like you said, there's going to be games like this. and I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on it, but no, we spent, you know, a large part of the season with Bucks fans complaining that Marjan Bochamp doesn't play enough. Look at Johnny Davis. We didn't yeah. get to see Johnny Davis in either one of these games. Uh, and he's on a worse team, was a higher pick, and is still playing fewer minutes. He's actually on a G League assignment right now. And, you know, you got to be patient with rookies as they acclimate. Um, and especially in a culture like the Bucks, who have a culture of high standards now. Mm-hmm. you you got to be patient with these rookies. And Marjan is still playing on average 15 minutes a game. That's Almost exactly. Um, last I checked, he was at like 15 minutes and two seconds per game on average. So it's playing almost exactly 15 minutes a game. And Johnny Davis, who was the 10th overall pick, is playing like seven to nine in most of the games that he plays. On a worse team that had no reason not to just play the shit out of him because he's young and right. going to need time in the NBA to get better. And figure out what you got, right? Right. So, you know, you just got to be a little bit patient. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't. You don't have to say, you know, oh, yeah, he should be a, a DNP for five games until he, you know, does what he needs to do. But for him playing 15 minutes a game, to me, that's the perfect amount of time. I agree. All right. That was what stood out to me from that. That's pretty much all I got from that one as well. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, Bill, that's that's true. The average fan wants or expects instant gratifications from first-round picks. And – it's not like he was the fourth overall pick. He was the 24th overall pick. True. So, yeah. And, you know, in the NBA, <laughs> the NBA draft is so much different than the NFL draft, and people kind of treat it the same. Like, yeah. once you get, like, through the first, I'll say, I'll be nice, I'll say the first, like, seven picks, maybe five, five to seven picks, those are your elite players. Those are the players that knew they were going to the NBA and they're going to get drafted top five or top And 10, they're going right? to be starters. Right. Once you get down the line, you're really drafted for potential. Right. You're drafting like, oh, okay, this guy, this measurement is this. He runs for this. projected he team this. needs and stuff like that. Right. Like, that's the Bucks yeah. need a wing defender who can shoot a little bit, and they drafted a guy who can defend and who can shoot a little bit. And you know what? raw, but. In two years when he's freaking crossing people over and throwing lobs at Giannis. And well, all, everybody will settle down. <laughs> shooting 38% on threes and defending an elite level. They better pray that doesn't happen, bro. They better pray that doesn't happen. No, they'll be like, I told you two years ago you should have been playing this much. Yeah. They shut up. He it's, wasn't ready back then. Give give guys time to develop. It's not all going to happen at once. Like, Marjan isn't all of a sudden going to start starting over Grayson Allen just because Grayson Allen is slumping. People got to get that through their heads. That's something that really has got to get through. Shit, man. We live in a state where Aaron Rodgers had for three years, bro. As great as Aaron Rodgers is, people like to just gloss over that, man. He was not ready his rookie year. He yeah. was raw. He, that's he, what I brought up with that's what I brought up with the Celtics game is that like Marjan's not ready for Tatum and Jalen Brown. No. Um, Bill said students of the game understand how important develop is and letting these rookies get confident. That's that's exactly what it is, and I said that with the the Boston Celtics game. I'm like, Marjan is not ready for this game. Uh, he's not ready for for Tatum 
and Jalen Brown. Like he's not in Boston not ready for that. There's nothing in, wrong with that. Right. Yeah, in, in Boston on, on Christmas. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, and what I said was, I'm like, you that's potentially going to damage his confidence. And somebody's like, well, getting a DNP every meaningful game is is just as damaging to his comfort, his confidence. And I'm like, you know, like he played against Memphis. He played it like the last five games in a row. He had played 15 or more minutes, and then it was, oh, garbage time doesn't count. And it's like he's not playing in garbage time. He checked in in the first quarter in three of the five and started in the other two. Mm-hmm. So he's he's getting minutes just like be patient is what I'm just going to keep saying. The Bucks play the Celtics again. I believe it's on Valentine's Day. Like we're, day we're about press, a month man. over, you know, we're about a little over a month away from that. That's where you might see Marjan play a little more against the Celtics, and maybe he'll get a crack at Tatum and Brown after 25 more games of experience. In- Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Between there. Maybe not 25. That's probably more like 20. But you know what I mean. You yeah, know, yeah, I a month and a half in between games. Dude, that's a massive day for us. Because we get the Celtics and the Badgers play Michigan. God, I can't wait to smack the hell out of Michigan. Oh, I hope Hunter Dickinson gets gets blocked like seven times. Like, fuck you, dude. I hope he slips on a bag. (laughs) A bag. (laughs) Um, James said basically Milwaukee's getting a minor league soccer team. Yeah, well. That's what I think MLS stands for, minor league soccer. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, they already got a minor league hockey team here. So, all right, let's talk about the second Wizards game. Let's talk about last night. Last night was crazy. It was all pretty much all Giannis. But um, let's talk about last night's game. What's up from from that game to you? Yeah, man. Um, fucking double nickel for the mayor of Milwaukee. I mean, this Jesus Christ, the freaking he's about to own the entire state of Wisconsin pretty soon. Um, <laughs> he. Him alone has has almost as much pulling power as the Green Bay Packers. I honestly believe that. He he him by himself, his brand alone, because you hear Giannis, and, you know, because he's got his name in the Brewers a little bit. I think him alone, because him without the Bucks, his brand alone could almost pull as much as the Packers. I think. I mean, if you go globally as well, but. Um, I don't know. The Packers do pretty well globally. Like we've literally had people comment on our show from like Costa Rica and England. Where else have we had people comment on from Brazil? We've had people comment from. I know we had that one Ireland. We had that Ireland one. We had that one Greece dude commenting about the Bucks though. So that was, yeah, we had yeah we had the guy from Greece commenting from the Bucks. I mean, maybe not, but I would like for it to happen because Giannis deserves it in my opinion. Um, but yeah, outside of him, first of all, let's let's just talk about the elephant in the room. I wish he would have dunked on Gafford. Dude, he was so close. The ball <laughs> hit two sides of the rim and bounced out. That's such bullshit. That should have gone in. Oh, I wish he would have finished that dunk. Insane. But outside of that, I mean, James, 
Kobe and LeBron are worldwide too, and they're just individual brands. So that's kind of where I'm going with my argument, where Giannis can be worldwide as well because he, yeah. he literally is from two different countries and he plays in America. So, I mean, right. it's pretty worldwide. He'll, he'll get there. I just he'll don't think there. he's got as much pull as the Green Bay Packers yet. Like, if you put Giannis next to the Jacksonville Jaguars, different story. <laughs> that's but like fair. We're, we're talking about the Green Bay Packers here. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but, you know, uh, outside of Giannis, I want to give a shout-out to our man, Brooke Lopez. Had a really, really good game. Um, he had a couple just tip-out rebounds, one that fell right into Bobby's hands and went for, went for a layup right away, and then one that got tipped out to a guard and right back into Giannis's hands and went for a bucket. And I was just like, I want to remember that shit, you know, when we're talking about this tomorrow. And then, obviously, Bobby with the double-double. We already touched on that. Yep. Excuse me. But the man of the hour is Giannis. Whatever the hell he wanted to get, he was getting last night. He was just in one of those grooves. Um, James, I'll be honest, man. It, at this point, you know, we're not even to the midway point, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but if Brooke Lopez doesn't win the goddamn Defense Player of the Year this year, I'm going to be really fucking disappointed. If, if he plays a whole season and is continually averaging, like, two and a half, 2.6, 2.8 blocks per game, and, like, you look at the contested shots, too. Like, I didn't pull the stats on that. Like, let me see if I can find it real quick. I'm going to respond to Bill's comment. Yeah, Bill, that's 100%, man. And the one thing that I'll add to your comment is that is what superstars do. They see the chatter. They see everything that's happening. Oh, the, the sky is falling. He said, get on my back. I'll carry us to victory tonight. So that is what superstars do. In, in the brightest lights and that that is a definition of a superstar in my opinion on the road or on the or at home it doesn't matter it doesn't matter the opponent either your team is slipping and falling injuries everything you got to carry let's see tyler's looking um, for a stat here trying to find where it is what stat are you looking up i'm trying to find contested shots oh shit I think I had that up. I think I just deleted that thing. I had that page ooh, open for ooh, a while. I might have found it. I'm... There it is. Contested. Oh, dude. Bruh. This is just absolutely insanely ridiculous. This is just wrong. Well, we're about to give you some advanced stats here, James. Yeah. Let's. So listen to this. This is... This is contested two-pointers. This is contested two-point shots. This is totals. I'm going to give you the top three. All right, Number best. three is actually a Washington Wizards player. It's Chris Hasporzingis. He's contested 313 two-point shots. Okay, 313. Okay. Number two, Ivica Zubox has contested 375 two-point shots. Okay, 60 more. Oh, boy. Brooke Lopez has contested 543 two-point shots. Whoa. <laughs> Holy shit. Whoa. 543. He has 168 more contested shots than the next guy on the list. Holy shit. And I remember, man, this might even just been even just a couple weeks ago. Zubox was pretty close on that list, actually. Oh my god, but, that's insane. Yeah, wow. So this is <laughs> yeah, Bill's like 
Um, so here, this is this is contested shot totals. So this is all shots. Nick Claxton is third with 411. Ivica Zubox is second with 467. Brooke Lopez is first in contested shots in the NBA with 606. <laughs> we aren't even halfway through the season, and Brooke Lopez has contested 600 shots. Um, contested shots, I believe. I'll, I'll just look up the the definition it's... as as I understand it. It it could be a shot that goes in. Um, it's just a shot that you were within. I think it's within two feet. It might be three. Um, I'm going to say it's probably a shot under like high distress, you know, like you're in his face. It's almost like that tight window stat in football, you know? Exactly. And it's, it's like that. The, mm-hmm. the definition that, that NBA stats, NBA.com stats gives is the number of times a defensive player or team closes out and raises a hand to contest a shot prior to its release. So it's probably within my guess would probably be within three feet. Yeah, there's got to be a metric for it. So that's right. still but bringing up the two pointers is is insane because you know that ninety nine percent of those are at the rim. And the craziest part, and like James, I know you don't watch a lot of books, but whenever they do interviews with players like you know, like Drew or Giannis or or even you know like uh, Grayson Allen, anybody, they always say they funnel the ball to brook because they know that he's got their back so or that doesn't like, sound like the player of the year i don't know man I you mean, like or you hear things there. like you know you got brook back there like they yep. say stuff like that all the time yeah they're like i can press up because i know if he gets past me brook's got my back you know what i mean yeah first of all that's just a great teammate that's a great team and like yes. i said if that doesn't sound like defensive player of the year with the stats he's putting up that's i don't know i'm out <laughs> i got nothing so you mentioned the man of the hour being Giannis. Um, did you know, like, he had his 55 points. Did you know he started 10 for 10 at the free throw line? Yep, I saw that. And he finished 15 of 16 on free throws? Dude, if I'm telling you, bro, if, he's, if he shot 75%, he'd average 40. I firmly believe that. If he shot 75% from the free throw line, he right. would average 40. Um, Bill said, you see Brooke contesting shots everywhere from the basket all the way up to the elbow. It shouldn't surprise us. It doesn't surprise us. Right. But putting it, putting it in that perspective as a league wide, you know, when we make a claim like Brooke Lopez should be a front runner for the defensive player of the year mm-hmm. and giving the context of who is, you know, in the, the running and, and where the, some of the rankings are for some of the things that he's doing that qualify him mm-hmm. and seeing how big that gap is, is just insane. Yeah, I think putting a number value on it kind of makes open drive. Makes it a little more like, real. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> I might I might have to make a graphic for that after tonight's game. Yeah, we'll that's see. that's insane. Um, I did want to bring this up as well. Over the last three games, Giannis is 40 of 54 on free throws. That doesn't sound amazing, but that's 74%. So you just said 75. So he's at 74 of the last three games. Let's um, go. He was 20 of 30 on two-pointers last night. So he had that. And one of the other things that stood out to me was like he gets points 52 or he gets 53 at the free throw line. He gets 53 and then he digs in on Porzingis on defense on the next possession. Like he is fully engaged in defending Kristaps Porzingis. Then he pokes the ball away, gets the steal, drives down, goes in between two people and gets a layup to give himself 55. 
I wish that little guard would have moved out of the way. Like, dude, you lost. Just let us let us have a moment real quick, bro. Like, he just missed the dunk. Like, just let him dunk it for 55. I mean, yeah. it was still cool, but that would like the place would have fucking erupted if he was able to throw that down. Yeah. Yeah. And if it would that would have like broken his career high. And then like if he would have still scored everything else the way he did, he would have tied Michael Red's franchise record of 57. I know. I was like, I'm on. kind of okay with the record standing. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I love Michael Red, so like, I don't right. let him have this one. No, I still, I still rock my Mike Red jersey, bro. Like, no, no shame at all. I still rock the Mike Red, but yeah, we if should try to get Michael Red on the show. He'd be fun to talk to. <sighs> he seems like to he's Michael Red. You know how Giannis had that interview and he said that he he wants to disappear when he's done with basketball. Yeah, it almost seems like Michael Red's kind of done that. Like he he's, was. I've seen him at a few games, not yeah. a lot, but I've seen him at a couple. He just like seems him and like Brandon he... Jennings too. Like I've seen Brandon Jennings at a couple games. Like he pops up here and there. Jennings is awesome on Twitter, by the way. If you have, if you don't follow him, you could feel you could feel his energy that he, we always knew him for through his yeah. Twitter. He still loves the Bucks, which is cool. Yes, yeah, sir. I actually just got a dope photo of of him from somebody's post, dude. I want to show you now. Where is it? Right here on his fifty-five point night, bro. Lit. PJ. That was rookie Brandon Jennings. Bro, look at him. He's talking heavy. Curry that he did that. Yeah, that was when Curry had the little little baby elephant ankles, though. You know, he couldn't stand up, man. <laughs> he couldn't, bro. He was rolling his ankle every other game. Uh, that's funny. Okay. So, other things from last night's games. Is there anything else you wanted to say? I have one last thing that I want to close with. No, I got nothing. Close it up. Man. Okay. So I'm going to close it out with the Bucks closing lineup. Yeah, it's only a matter of time until Giannis gets 60 for sure. Um, Hopefully 69. <laughs> dude, that'd be hilarious. It would be like impressive, but also hilarious. So I agree. Yes. Like we'd be like laughing because it was awesome to watch. And then we'd also be like giggling at the same time. He scored the 69th point last night, by the way. You didn't know. Now you know. Uh, tuning into Wisco Fanatics for the important things. <laughs> yeah, Justin popped in right at the exact time that he needed to. Just in time <laughs> to hear a 69 joke. And all know. right. We got to get David Bakhtiari on the show, too. Fuck oh, him. God. He would love all the 69 jokes. I know he would appreciate them. I know he would. <laughs> Man, if I had, like, two weeks off of work and I could just watch all of our shows from the past year and just clip out all of our 69 jokes, that'd be a hilarious highlight oh, to watch. That video would be probably five minutes long. We make a lot of 69 jokes. Uh, it's, that's for sure true. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I want to close this game out by closing with the Bucks closing lineup. It was Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, Giannis at small forward, Bobby Portis, and Brooke Lopez. That is a massive lineup. Yes. And it's a very good defensive lineup, actually, because Drew Holiday is obviously Drew Holiday. He's been first team all defense a bunch of times. Grayson Allen has a 105.5 defensive rating, which is actually pretty good. Like, people are like, oh, he's no, he sucks on defense. He does that. Like, mm-hmm. just all you got to do is look it up. He's actually got a pretty respectable defensive rating. Like, 105 is pretty decent. Um, then you get to Giannis, who's obviously got a defensive player of the year award. You got Bobby Portis, who defends with energy. And Brooke Lopez, who we obviously have just talked about. Yes. Now, picture that lineup, but instead of Grayson Allen, Chris Middleton. 
Mm-hmm. But our lineup is huge. And the offensive like ability of that exactly. lineup goes through You lose roof. nothing on either end of the floor. I think you gain on both ends. That's huge lineup. Good luck yes. trying to defend that lineup if you're any team but the Orlando Magic. I really don't think there's any other team that has that amount of size. Well, and even if you bring up that argument of matching the size, I don't know. I don't know any other lineup that can match that size and skill. Right, and I'm and I'm starting with just one or the other. Um, right. I would maybe say Dallas. Like I think Dallas, if they ran with with Powell, Christian Wood, and uh, Javale McGee, like they could maybe get close to that size. But obviously, like when you're talking skill, like if you're talking Dwight Powell, Christian Wood, and Javale McGee versus Giannis, Bobby Portis, and Brook Lopez, like. That just sounds like Bobby and Brooke are going to be wide open for three. That's what that sounds like to me. <laughs> um, yeah, Giannis owns Christian Wood on offense, and Brooke owns Christian Wood on defense. Yep. So, you know, that's you know something to think about, I guess. But that, that size is just insane. Yes. Um, on Brooke Lopez, he had 21 points, 12 rebounds, at his second highest total of the season, and six blocks shooting 10 of 13 on field goals. Monster. That's crazy efficient. And then Bobby Mm -hmm. Portis scored 17 points, had 13 rebounds, four assists, two steals, zero turnovers on seven of 13 shooting. So it's still above 50%. And like we said, his fourth double-double, his 22nd double-double of the season. Yeah. Monster. Bucks are good, man. So is there – Real quick, is there anything else you want to say the Bucks can improve on? There's a couple things that I just wanted to touch on really quick, but well, obviously we're both going to say turnovers because turnovers are yeah. just no. I hate turnovers, and uh, other than that, no. I, I think turnovers is really the only thing because I can't really get into other other stuff because we're not fully healthy. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give some leeway. Um, the other thing that I would bring up aside from the turnovers is transition defense. Yeah. That's something, regardless of who's healthy, that the Bucks need to do. They need to be better at defending in transition. Um, on the turnovers, I'm going to say what I said to you last night while we were talking during the game is I want to see the Bucks pass with purpose. Yes. Um, it seems like the Bucks are making kind of those like lazy passes where they're like, you know, expecting the pass to to go to whoever they're trying to pass to. And they're getting a lot of balls that are getting deflected. Or like I said, the transition turnovers, which you know it's when you're moving at the speed you are and trying to guess where the guy is going to be, not where he is, that's tough. So like, I understand that a little bit, but the ones where you're in the half court offense and you're just making like lazy passes and they get tipped and stolen. Those are the ones you got to clean up, like just making those passes. So I want to see the bucks pass with purpose is the other thing that I would say to improve. I agree. All right. So looking at what's next, the bucks play tonight in Toronto. So, Second of a back-to-back, and they're traveling from Milwaukee to Toronto. It's not a super long travel, but it's still travel after playing a game last night. So it's no Drew Holiday, no Joe Ingles, no Chris Middleton, no George Hill. Um, Giannis is probable. Like, he actually wasn't listed on the injury report. I shouldn't say probable. He just wasn't listed. But um, Giannis is expected to play. So that's that. Uh, Brittany says hello. Hello. <laughs> um then they play at home against Charlotte on Friday. Um, Kelly Oubre was just diagnosed with like a he has a sprain of some sort, so he's going to be out the next four to six weeks. Um, and then they play Monday at the New York Knicks. I'm surprised that game's on ESPN. 
that's not on ESPN because of how much ESPN loves to jerk off the Knicks, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and the Lakers, they both suck ass. Like, stop. I, you could show like cool, exciting teams. Like, I would, I would hands down rather watch the Jazz play the Cavaliers than to watch the Lakers play the Knicks. But it's like the Knicks will be playing like the Knicks should be playing the fucking Magic, and I'd rather watch the Magic right now. Honestly, the Knicks should sure. be playing the Magic, and they're like. Throw it on ESPN. It's New York. Big make market. it the make it the nightcap. Don't even make it the first. Yeah, game. like fuck you, <laughs> bastards. It'll be like Suns and Nuggets, and then it'll be like the Knicks and the Magic. It's like okay, cool. So we're gonna get you really excited. We're gonna have a fun game, and then we're gonna put you to sleep. Yeah, yeah, great. Thanks. Appreciate cool, it. cool, 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 cool. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the Lakers will never not get attention. And, yes, with LeBron being there, too, that's obviously going to be it. And, obviously, there's going to be so many eyes on LeBron until he retires yep. just because he's getting to that age now. And he's um, going to break the scoring thing pretty soon. soon. Yeah. With those three games, I'm going to say the Bucks go 3-0. and uh, Tonight's probably going to end up being the toughest one because they're playing in Toronto without um, Drew, Chris, George Hill, and Joe Ingles. I still think it's a winnable game for the Bucs. Um, hopefully, Brooke Lopez can have a, another big night. Maybe he'll drop 30 again. That'd be sweet. And then Giannis is – I want to see him get that 40 and 10. If he can do that, he'll be the first player to do it four times in a row ever. I'm going to say 2-1. and one. I think they're going to lose tonight. I don't want to say that on camera, but I did. But I think they'll be 2-1. and one. I think tonight we'll have some some fatigue late in the game. Yeah. You know, you, Nick, like you Nick said, Nurse you guys, has Giannis's number a little bit too. We have travel; it's an earlier tip than we're used to. So, right. I mean, a lot of factors. I, I mean, they could win. Who knows? It's understandable. I understand. I don't like picking my team to lose, but sometimes I know. I know. I understand. <sighs> well, I mean, we'll we'll get into it with the Badgers. I understand. Mm-hmm. All right. So you got the Badgers power pair. I have the underrated performer. Give me the Badgers power pair. So the first one is Stephen Crowell. This one's pretty obvious. Crowell yep. had a big Steve had a big week this week. Um, he ended up going 17 to 26 on field goals. That is 65 percent. Four or seven from downtown. That is 52, 57 percent. Sorry, excuse me. And uh, he averaged 21 points, 6.5 rebounds, and 1.5 assists. So I mean, the man was everywhere, doing everything, being the big man that we needed. Uh, we'll get into the Minnesota game, but he had some really, really key plays that won't go in the box score, in my opinion. Um, and then my next one is is Chucky Hepburn. Um, he went 9 of 18, so that's 50%. Pretty easy math. And then 6 of 8, that's 3 out of 4, that's 75%. Um, he averaged 13.5 points, 3.5 rebounds, 4.5 assists, and he had five steals on the week, all of them in one game. All and that does effort. go in the box score. <laughs> <laughs> so – Hepburn and Crowell were really, really good this week. Uh, Badgers are just climbing up that top 25, man. Just slowly just – we're still here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just look at me. Notice me. Stare at me. And now with Purdue losing, yeah. the Badgers are on top by themselves in the Big Ten. This is their first 3-0 and start since the 2014-2015 season. And we all know. It See, went pretty well. And it goes all the way back to Grayson Allen, who was on that Duke team, by the way. Yeah. So it, it all it, it full circle. We're like comedians now. We just told the story and it went full circle. So I love it. Uh, yeah, comedy's Austin based on past experience. All right. <laughs> uh, for an underrated performer, I went with Jordan Davis. Uh, 
Greg Gard talked about him before yesterday's game about the consistency that he's brought. And I think that that's fair to continue bringing up because of his contributions on both ends. Um, he scored nine points against Western Michigan, and he scored seven points last night against Minnesota. Uh, and he's six of 12 on the week, and he also grabbed eight rebounds last night. So last night he had seven points and eight rebounds for a, a guard. Big, he grabbed a couple of big boy rebounds, I won't lie. Like, like a little bit like his brother as far as rebounding goes. Mm-hmm. Like we talked like all last season about how Johnny Davis was the underrated rebounder because he was like second in the Big Ten in rebounds per game. Mm-hmm. But for Jordan Davis to go grab eight rebounds in a game, like don't let that go unnoticed. It, it, uh, I mean, I'll talk about when we talk about Minnesota, but as many rebounds as we grabbed and he had a lot of them, pretty important. Yeah. Um. So let's start with the Western Michigan game from Friday. I had to watch a replay of this game because I couldn't watch it live because it was on Big Ten Plus. But yeah, uh, what what stood out to you from that game? Um, you know, me and you talked about it before this game. We expected some rust. Yeah, I don't. I didn't see much, in my opinion. It's I not s- like I did. Like they started out, and I'm like, oh, cool, no rust. And then it was like, oh, there it is. Yeah, I mean, they hit a wall, but I, I feel like that's normal. I feel like they do that in every game. That's kind of where. I, that's kind of where I'm getting at. Because, you know, against Minnesota, we, both teams started started the game. And correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Minnesota started one for eight and we started one for seven. Um, I'm sure Bill's going to have the correct stat because Bill's like the smartest guy. <laughs> Every time we watch the show, I feel like he's smarter than me. But um, hear that, yeah. Bill? Send in an application. I'll replace Jake with you. <laughs> Come on, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, we shot the ball pretty well. And the thing about this Badgers team, and people are really starting to notice, and they say it on Big Ten Network all the time, that this is a good three-point shooting team. And if they clean up the free throws, this team could be so good. Untapped potential from the free throw line, in my opinion. And I do think that they can get better at rebounding because they got out-rebounded in this game 28-32. to You can't get out-rebounded by Western Michigan. That's just uncalled for. Um, but the 16 uh, assists to the four turnovers, that's a, that's a decent ratio. Um, this Badgers team doesn't have a lot of playmakers, in my opinion. It really just falls on Chucky and a little bit on uh, uh, Tyler Wall when he gets cooking. But other than that, we don't really have a lot of playmakers on this team. So 16 assists to four turnovers is a pretty good ratio. But they had 12 assists to seven turnovers, which is not as good of a ratio. But 28 to 54 overall is a good shooting percentage. So that's kind of where I'm looking at it. And I'm kind of like, man, I didn't see that much rust. Although, you know, they always hit a wall offensively. That's kind of a staple in Wisconsin basketball. We're gonna go on a drought. They have like a six-minute drought where they make, like, don't make super it annoying, long. super annoying, and that's why we talk about the 2015 team so much because it feels like they were such a well-oiled machine. Obviously, the player of the year helps out with that. Frank Kaminsky was awesome that year, and having a Sam Decker as your as your your one B to your one A. Obviously, you're not gonna have as many droughts, but this Badger team doesn't have that. But I'll tell you what, they do have a lot of fucking mental toughness. Yeah. So. 76 to 66. Yeah. And that, and that, and I've talked about defense so much. Defense is all about heart, man. So if you have heart and you're willing to try to go out there and try to stop somebody, you can be a Wisconsin Badger. Yeah. I mean, basically just make yourself six, four, be able to shoot some threes and be from like Brown Deer, Wisconsin or something like that. And sign you up, baby. (laughs) So the Badgers started off, they were up 10 to nothing. And they cooled off. Um, <clears throat> and then you mentioned that they won 76 to 66. Western Michigan finished this game on a 14 to 7 run. 
made this game look a little bit closer than it actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Stephen Crowell, but not his career high 25 points in this game. Yep. Uh, what I noticed from Stephen Crowell, and I noticed it more so in the second half, was that he basically became like the safety valve for the entire team. Like guys on driving kicks, like posting up. He made a three late in the shot clock at one point. Um, he really became like the safety valve to everybody and was still getting his regular paint touches that he gets every game. Mm-hmm. And then he just started making all of his shots. He 25 points on nine of 13 shooting three of five on threes and four of five from the free throw line. And then also added eight rebounds. So 25 and eight, that's a fantastic stat line from Stephen Crowell. That's the Stephen Crowell, like even exceeding expectations from where I was at the beginning of the year where I was like, Hey, this guy could be second team all big 10 with Tyler wall and Chucky Hepburn. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the glimpses of what I want to see from Stephen Crowell. Um, And then Chucky Hepburn had 11, five and five. Connor Seijan scored eight points. I want to give credit to uh, Carter Gilmore in this game. Now, I'm going to read you his stat line, and then I want to say something about it. Um, Three points, three assists, two rebounds, one steal. Both of his rebounds were offensive rebounds. Now, this stat line isn't crazy, and it's not going to jump off the page to anybody because we're so used to seeing some of the crazy stat lines that are being put up in the NBA, obviously by guys who are on our own favorite NBA team, you know, Mm -hmm. we're seeing the 55, 10 and seven seeing three, three, two and one isn't crazy, but you look at, this is college basketball. These things do actually matter. Mm -hmm. These guys, like the guys that have come in and give you these little boosts in all of these aspects, like, that's kind of the definition of the underrated performer. So if I had to pick per game, like, Carter Gilmore could definitely could have been an underrated performer for this game because he brings aspects of the game that don't get noticed as much because they're not 25 points or 10 assists or however many steals. But he's giving you some of these, some of those, some of that, no turnovers. Like, I just want to give him some love for that because it's not going to be something super noticed because it doesn't jump off the page. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Is there anything else you want to say about Western Michigan? No, but I'm going to talk about Carter Gilmore when we talk about Minnesota. All right. Let's do it. So the Badgers beat Minnesota last night. They completed the sweep going back to last Friday. So the the Wisconsin-Minnesota sweep. The Bucks beat the Timberwolves on Friday. The Packers beat the Vikings on Sunday. And the Badgers beat the Golden Gophers last night. A 3-0 sweep from Wisconsin to Minnesota over the last four days. So let's go. W, 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 man, that feels so good because Minnesota, I feel like runs their mouth just for no fucking reason all the time, dude. And it's so annoying. It's like, dude, Chicago fans without having won anything. Seriously. That's what I'm saying. Like you have no reason to talk. Like your teams literally win shit. (laughs) The Timberwolves barely, barely stayed there. Chicago has stuff. It's just all old, but like they still have some at least. That's fair. That it, you know, I respect that. Um, the thing I wanted to talk about in this game is we lost one of our key players right away, right? Very early. So when Carter Gilmore comes in and he knows that he has to play a bigger role, and this is where I said I was going to talk about Crowell as well. 
I think both of them, you know, because Minnesota tried to flash big men to the middle of the paint all the time when they were just rotating the ball to the other side of the court. Yep. I think that the Badgers and Minnesota did miss some opportunities if you rewatch the game. The Badgers' bigs did a fantastic job being physical down low. Let me throw Marcus Silver into that conversation as well, but continue. Yeah, yep. Um, but Gilmore, man, the effort that he was displaying on denials on defense and – and, you know, running the floor on offense, I was like, holy crap, man. He, the growth of this kid over the last couple of weeks has been astounding. A guy where it looked like the lights were a little bright for him, now he looks like he's like, put me in, coaching and put me in. You going to put me in, coach? Coaching and put me in. Is it my time to go in, coach? Like, I'm excited for Carter Gilmore, man. He got a haircut and he looks faster than hell. <laughs> Greg Gard talked about him potentially being the most improved player in the offseason. So it's it's cool to see that kind of coming to fruition for him. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I want to say, you're talking about players owning players when we talked about the Bucks. Klesman owns battle. He was <laughs> fucking him up last night, dude. He was so uncomfortable shooting the ball. Yeah. And if he could name. even get a shot off. What the, hell, what the hell is battle's first name? I forgot his name. I Jameson. Be, Jameson battle. You know, I remember talking last year about Minnesota, and I remember uh, doing my research on battle, and I was like, man, this guy's pretty good. He's a smooth lefty. He can score from everywhere. You can put it on the floor a little bit. Oh, Max Klesman said, yeah, fuck all that. <laughs> Throw that out the window. <laughs> he was clamping him, bro. I was like, yeah. oh, my gosh. I would hate, like, Klesman's the guy that I would hate to, like, walk into the gym and, like, play against because he was like, dude, can you just, like, stop touching me for, like, five seconds? Like, leave me the fuck alone. Like, I hate you. He's the kind of person that you fight because you don't like him. And we don't condone fighting. But I'm just saying, that's the kind of people that you want to fight. Because he's the guy you, you like, you push because you're frustrated because he's offending you so well. Yeah, and he pisses you off, man. And it's yeah. just like, God damn it, man. I can't imagine what Battle was feeling last night. Is he's clanking all these shots. You know he's the offense on that team. Seeing and Minnesota's it, horrible. Yeah. Seeing it in, like, the late stages of the game where, like, Battle's trying to drive past Klezman and he can't even get inside the three-point line because every time he takes two steps, like, Klezman is there, like, rebuffing him. Yeah. And he takes – he like, he tries, like, three different times and then he, like, does, like, a half spin and switches the dribble and he tries to go to the other hand and he can't get by him that way. So then he tries to cross over and go back the other way and he still can't get past them. And then the ball gets swung over. I don't remember what their other the other player that Chucky was guarding – but it gets swung over to him, and Chucky Hepburn is doing the same thing to that guy. And they end up <laughs> shooting a three, like, two feet behind the line that doesn't even touch the rim. How annoying is that, dude? They have to deal with those two for 40 That's minutes. tough, dude. Yeah, man. Klesman is he, – he's him on defense. I'll say that. And I agree, I 100% agree with your comment. If you added Connor and Klesman together, that guy's good. That'd be nasty. Yeah. That dude would get drafted. 100%. Um, so, Tyler Wall rolled his ankle early in this game. I think it was like nine minutes in, if that. Mm-hmm. And he didn't come back. Um, we talked about Marcus Silver and Carter Gilmore filling in. I want to say everyone on the Badgers kept active hands. Like, Stephen Crowell got a couple steals. Connor Seijan had a couple steals. Chucky Heppard had five steals. The Bucks or the Bucks, the Badgers had 13 steals in this game. That's a lot. That's a lot of steals. That's crazy amount of steals for the Badgers to have 13 in one game. And then the other thing I want to say is the the Badgers made this game tieable for Minnesota. Mm -hmm. 
you know, I don't I don't necessarily think it was anything that Minnesota did, um, especially when you're talking about free throws. Like Stephen Crowell gets a one and one and misses the first one. And Minnesota yeah. has a chance to to drive the ball up with like seven or eight seconds left and shoot a three that could have potentially tied the game. But then you said you talk about like Chucky Hepburn defending and knowing where his defender, where his defensive matchup is gonna go. And he, he gives him the lane to drive towards the sideline watches him go by and then just picks his pocket. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you. So that's that's that. the defensive savvy of Chucky Hepper. And I said, right after that, I'm like, Stephen Crowell owes Chucky Hepper and a beer for bailing him out. <laughs> should, we say, should we say what Mike said? <laughs> no, we probably shouldn't. Um, Hashtag but, getting canceled in 23. <laughs> yeah. Great. That'd be a great way to start the year. Um, what stood out to me from that, you know, that whole like sequence. And to me, it's that the Badgers were missing their closer. Yeah. I like Chucky Hepburn has closed for the Badgers. And like, he still kind of closed this game out defensively. But when we're talking about who the Bucks, oh, damn it, I'm wearing a Bucks sweatshirt. So every time I see that, I keep saying Bucks. The Badgers, like our late game situations, like they don't go to Chucky Hepburn every single time. Like they do sometimes and they do when the shot clock gets late and they need a guy that can create their own shot. But the Badgers closer is Tyler Wall, in my opinion. Um, You look at some of the things that he's done this season, like especially that Kansas game still stands out to me that he scored like their last 14 points in Mm -hmm. the second half in overtime. You know, the Badgers to me were missing their closer in this game. He's the guy, he doesn't get rattled by anything at all, regardless of the opponent, regardless of the stage. Um, so to me, that stood out as the Badgers were missing their closer, and I think that's part of, if not a major reason, of why this game ended up being so close late in the game. I agree. All right. Is there anything else you want to say about this game? No. I think the Badgers are – they got some They got some good games coming up pretty soon here, but, yeah, we're going we're gonna to find out some more about them pretty soon. So – Chucky Hepburn finished with 16 points, four assists, two rebounds, and the five steals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen Crowell had 17 more points on eight of 13 shooting. So Stephen Crowell in the last two games is 17 of 26 from the field. Yeah. That's nuts. So Badgers have two games between now and next Wednesday. They're at Illinois on Saturday. That's going to be a tough game. And then they're at home on Tuesday against Michigan State. Uh, I have the Badgers going one and one. You know, you said it's tough predicting one of your teams to lose, but uh, Saturday against Illinois at Illinois is a tough one for the Badgers, and and I have that one as a loss for the Badgers. But um, what are you thinking for those two games? I'm going to blow your mind here. If they're going to lose the game, it's going to be Michigan State. Michigan State's playing really good basketball right now. Um, Mm -hmm. They still have a very good coach. I think the Badgers are going to be ready and mentally prepared to go down to Illinois and get a win. And I think they might have a, a slip up against Michigan State because, like I said, uh, Michigan State's playing really, really good basketball right now. They're scoring heavy, and they're like I said, Tom Izzo, man. I just respect Tom Izzo so much. That's I do why. too. I do too. Did no. So before we end this, I gotta ask you: Did you see that Kansas State and Texas score? I did not. Regulation college basketball. It was one sixteen to one hundred three. What the. Kansas State went in, and Texas was like number six or whatever. Yeah, Kansas, I knew they were blowing Texas out. They went into Texas and scored 116 on them, bro. 
Jeez. <laughs> I was like, whoa. They had to make up for that embarrassing game they had against Alabama. I'm trying to find last year's Michigan State game. It's true. Let me see. Badgers versus Michigan State, huh? Badgers versus Michigan State. That's the basketball. That's the Big Ten tournament one. Okay. Because you brought up the scoring, and I wanted to bring up last season's, and I get that looking at different seasons is a different situation Um, because obviously the players are different, but I remember the scoring being something like that. So here, I got one right here. Um, This is from last season. This is from January 21st, 2022. They played in Madison. Badgers were number eight. Michigan State was number 14. Ah, They beat us us 86 to 74. Yeah, they just – they have, like, athletes and they just play at such a pace. It's, It's hard to keep up. Yeah, this is it. I remember this game. Their bench players were going nuts in this game. They had three guys on the bench and at double digits. Whew. Is that the game that Tyler Wall missed? Uh, let me see the box score again real quick here. Let's say I have a, a no Tyler Wall ankle from the Northwestern game. Uh, yep, Tyler Wall did not play in this one. Brad Davison scored 22 with 6 of 10 from downtown. <laughs> yep, yes he was. Johnny Davis had 25. Yeah, so I didn't even remember uh, that game when I was talking about it, but it's just right now they're kind of peaking at the right time to come to our house and beat us. And I know we don't lose a lot at the Colts Center. but And that's why I feel the way that I do about this, because I feel like they'll be in a position where they, they lose to Illinois on the road, and I, it'll be like a it'll be like a two-point game or something like that. Yeah. Like there'll be like a foul with like two seconds left, and Illinois will take like a two-point lead on some free throws. And the Badgers will miss like a, a deep three or something like that. Like that's how it'll end. And then they'll bounce back against Michigan State at home and win that game. Let's see. Shit. I mean, shit. Hopefully we go three and zero and two and zero, and then we're talking about all dubs next week, man. That would be that would be sweet. Let's see. Justin's asking oh. you if that was a sprecker, by the way. It is a sprecker, and it's very delicious. You should send them an email and say that they should sponsor our show. <laughs> that would be a nice thing to do if you're a nice guy. I haven't asked them yet, but with them being a Wisconsin company, that would be a like a, an awesome sponsor. Um, I have this one too. This is from the um from the Big 10 tournament when they played Michigan State. Yeah, that game was tough because that was like Johnny Davis was hobbled in that game. I remember that. So yeah, that was that was a bummer. But um, I remember we beat Michigan State at Michigan State though. Yeah, because that was. And I think what, they were averaging something like eighty-five points a game or something like that, and the Badgers held them to like sixty-six. Was that the? You have to refresh my memory. Was that the game where you had to wear a different jersey? Was that Michigan State? I think it was Michigan State. Uh, I, I'd have to look back and like find it, like the, the Johnny Davis number 51 game. I'm pretty sure it was Michigan State. Uh, Johnny Davis. Try and find it again. 
51. No, I have on here that it looked like Johnny Davis lost some bounce because that was when he had that like that kind of ankle injury. Um, see, it's right here, February eighth. Yeah, it's Michigan State. Right here, February eleventh. Get that one. This is three third. Brad Davison followed up with twenty three points. Right here, bro. There he is. Nice. Did they hold? Um, Michigan State to really low scoring in that game because I got mad that Davison didn't contest a jump shot late in that game when they were down by two, and like a guy made like a wide open elbow jumper that annoyed me. I think they did hold him to a really the jersey was just a little tight. I don't... Yeah, I rem... oh yeah, here's the video where he got his jersey ripped, bro. Mm-hmm. At the free throw line. Did they, did they win that game though? Yeah, they did because I remember he waved by. Remember he was waving by? Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Not really that important. I was just it stuck with me that the Badgers held Michigan State to like way below their scoring averages. Yeah. And like I said, I understand that it's a different year, different teams, different players, but. All right. Is there anything else you want to say? No. Um, let's just get ready. Let's just get people ready for Friday, baby. You want to get ready for Friday? Check let's this out. It. Yeah, what's that? This is a Christian Watson apology form signed by Christian Watson. Yep. Like, Jake and I have been doing this show for actually almost exactly two years. I should check. I think it's like January 20th is when our, like, our anniversary is, mm-hmm. like, of our of our page. So, like, we're creeping up on two years. That might be one of my favorite things that I've got from the show. Oh, easily. Like, having then the you gave- reform that we made and then having it signed. And, yes, and we gave him one to keep, too. So, he, he owns an apology form. Yeah. <laughs> All you boneheads that are out there talking shit about him. He, it was awesome. he laughed at it. He, he read them all and then he laughed at it. He signed one for us. It was it was funny though. He enjoyed it. Yeah, and then I asked him about Quay Walker. Yeah. Tackle. And he was like, that was crazy, man. That was crazy. He said, I think it was gonna get flagged. And I'm thinking, like, bro, you should have known I was gonna get flagged, bro. <laughs> yeah. Trying to throw his ass out the out of Lambo. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, having an, a Christian Watson apology for him signed by Christian Watson, that's that's awesome. Next one's got to be David Bakhtiari, man. Let's speak it into it. I would love to get David Bakhtiari to sign the David Bakhtiari apology form and Rashawn Gary to sign his while we're at it. And then we're going to have another one coming out. Let's just keep them rolling. Yeah, and we're going to have to get the whole team on that one. That's okay. One day we'll get there, buddy. For sure. And we are excited because we do have another active Badger coming on next week. So we got that. So, yeah, we will have Ricardo Hallman on the show next week, which is cool. I'm excited for that. Hopefully we can just end up just rolling through the Badgers and get all the Badgers on the show and then have Luke Fickle on the show and that'd be sweet. That oh man. Dude, if we get like if we get like a legit like one of the coaches on, that's yeah, yeah. we're getting into dream come true territory there. Yeah, man. I like, mean it's I would sweet that we're having active players on and like like having Tim Dillard and Craig Kashan on the show is fun because like that's yeah. you know, really cool because like you watch them on TV and stuff and now they're yeah. now we're talking to them. Man, cool. I was feeling like like my hands were shaking when I was talking to Watson. I'm like, dude, this guy's uh, why am yeah. why am I shaking right now? 
probably because I watch him run super fast and score touchdowns on All Sundays. Right. <laughs> Which we will this Sunday too. Brittany's not will happen. It's good to have people that believe in us, Brittany. Appreciate it. Brittany's always supportive. She's great, man. Yeah. All right. Well, if you got nothing else, I got nothing else. I will see you on Friday. We are gonna actually be joined. I forgot. I didn't even mention our other guest. I'm a dick. I'm I was fired. waiting for it. I, I know. It. I should have. Um, Watson, that was on Monday night. Uh, we yeah, went Brittany, and saw I, him in Appleton. Yeah, we brought Aiden. I told you I was bringing Aiden to that show to see the players, and uh, we, are, we're we're debating if we're gonna go on Monday. We're gonna be a little tired on Monday, but yeah, that's, uh, that's Romeo sure. Dobbs is gonna be there. So, yeah. Um, this Friday also we're gonna have Mike Spofford back on the show as well. Um, yes. That's gonna be our other guest. I forgot to mention that. That's I'm fired. Uh, Mike Spofford from Packers.com is joining us again on Friday. So he, yes, had, he had enough fun and enjoyment from the first time. So he was willing to come back. So that'll be fun to have him back. Oh yeah, man. That just speaks to our vibe, man. Our, our effort, True. you know, True. to have a, have a guy of, of that high profile to talk about us, you know, and everybody that's been on the show has always talked about, Hey, you guys are great. We, I had fun. You know, I think that speaks to us as individuals, you know, that we kind of keep it light. Uh, we're not trying to like grill you and get some crazy secrets, your deepest secret that you have. Yeah. But, you know, we're just trying to talk some sports. And I feel like we have a comfortable hangout for people to come here and just, just be, be a guy being a dude. You know what I'm saying? So that's all we're trying to do. Yeah. Like you said, like you said, you said it well, too, with good vibes. I think it's important. Yes, sir. Bill. All right. You're Bill? one of my favorites. Yes. We'll see you Friday as well, Bill. Yes, sir. Take care, buddy. Go Buck. All right. For sure, we have about an hour until game time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.